the incomparable. Number 595, January 2022. Welcome back, everyone, to The Incomparable, and welcome to a brand new year. Welcome to 2022, and as is our tradition, we ring in a new year by turning our back on it and instead peering backward in time to the year just gone by, 2021. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Suck it, 2022. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about you. We're focused on the past, not the future or the present, whatever. Anyway, I have uh, been joined by some of the most prolific incomparable panelists of the year gone by 2021 and i'm going to introduce them to you now in the order of most episodes on the incomparable in which they appeared in 2021 the most appearances on the incomparable in 2021 with 19 it's moises chuyan hello catching up on the stuff that we missed hi jason how's it going oh fine perfectly normal nothing special nothing going on all right good in second place it's not a contest but still in second place with 15 appearances david j lore hello so so i watched three episodes of magnum for this when do we get to those uh it's uh, mm, it's phil's not here later phil is phil is not here he didn't he didn't crack the top 10 uh, with uh, 14 appearances, Erica Ensign. Hello. Whoa. I was not expecting to be rated so high. I'm also just as unprepared as usual. I didn't even make a tab in my spreadsheet for 2021. That's <laughs> wow. how bad I oh, did man. this year. Oh, no. It's good stuff. It's just good a stuff. 2020 tab. You're She's working with me. no tab. Erica, I brought a variant of the theme song that you pioneered. And I know. you didn't even prepare for this? You progress. <laughs> you're progressing as a person, not even making the tab. I like it. It's 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 <laughs> a regressing. I don't know. It's 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 movement. At least there's movement going on uh, uh with 11 appearances monty ashley hello are you guys sure 2021 happened no no, no can't be no. can't be positive about it can't there's be no tab All right. there's no tab tied in fifth place three different panelists who appeared 10 times including perennial all-time favorite number one most common uh incomparable panelist but fell to fifth this year dan morin hi dan uh, Jason, it's a pleasure to be here in March of 2020, talking to you <laughs> and uh, catching up on stuff. Catching up on stuff. Also with 10 appearances this year, and I believe this marks her first time on the Skeletor episode. It is Jean McDonald. Hello. Hello. It is my first time, and uh, I'm very competitive with Dan, so I'm really glad to be at least <laughs> tied with him. Y'all do ties here, huh? <laughs> Aline Sims also had 10 appearances, but she is not here. So we will move on to uh, one below her with nine appearances. James Thompson had nine appearances. He is fast asleep. We hope. But Steve Lutz also appeared nine times, and he is maybe awake. Uh, let's see. Steve, you out there? Nine times, Mrs. Bueller. Are you sure I'm supposed <laughs> to be here, Jason? That's not very many episodes. <laughs> well... Look how many people you had to invite on just to get me on this thing. You cracked the uh, you cracked the top eight wow. and a half. Well, it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. I think the well-known top eight and a half. Yeah, <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic. So uh, I have uh, randomized the uh, order in which we're going to go here, and this is not a draft, but uh, it's just a celebration of a year gone by. Then wh- why are you randomizing things, Jason? Because it feels like a draft whenever you randomize things. <laughs> <laughs> well. A place with a theme song, Steve. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. For this, I'm going to go in the order provided by random.org. Oh, random.org. Random.org. We bring the random to you. That's their theme song. That's its theme song. That's its theme song. I was hoping to sing along with it this year. 
Oh, uh, David, you'll get your chance to talk to Clips <laughs> later. <laughs> Jason, I, I am excited to be on the annual Clip Show, but I have to say, I literally, I think Monty actually mentioned it al- already. Or maybe it was Dan. I've already forgotten. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's probably Glenn. <laughs> That's all right. People? I think it was Glenn. Somebody pointed out they weren't, they weren't actually sure that 2021 happened. Are you guys sure 2021 happened? No. No. I'm really confused as to whether it happened. I do not remember a single thing that happened mm. in the last year. <laughs> in fact, I was kind of hoping that um, you might be able to maybe like jog my memory a little bit. Like maybe we could just play like the first minute or two of the first episode of last year. Oh, that's so a good that, idea. Just to kind of get into the, the swing of things. Yeah. Um, it's not that, all clips, that would of help course. Me a lot. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of our favorite things of the year. Uh, both on the incomparable and, of course, just in culture in general. But you're right. I think for, before we get started, we really need to understand uh, how we got here. So I'm going to play the beginning of uh, last year's Clips show, which, quite frankly, I don't even remember what was in it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Jason, hey, you may recall that uh, that I asked you to play the clip from the previous year's clip show of you taking out your garbage. Uh-huh. I've come up with some strategies vis-a-vis maximizing your recyclable sorting algorithm. Oh, good. Yeah, let's go ahead and hear that clip again. Uh, all right. This actually isn't so much a favorite moment as I just have some questions about it. <laughs> and uh, it's actually at the end of the episode, Jason takes Ooh. out his recycling. I'm going to take out the recycling. Hey, Overcast, play last year's clip show. It's interesting that you start a, a show for the the very brief experience of taking the recycling out. <laughs> you don't know how far the recycling goes. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. This is my team 2021. It's my favorite release. It's very early in the season. <laughs> I will defeat the incomparable and they will never draft me again. David, this is a clip. Don't talk. Wait, what? Wait, David, no. you trapped. Oh, no. Oh, well, that's weird. Is that is that your neighbor? Uh, No, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Oh boy, I've got a bad feeling about this. Can you can you isolate the podcast audio you're listening to in that clip? Uh, yeah, I can do and that. And then, okay, great. I want you to do that, and then also zoom and enhance. Oh, zoom and enhance. All right, let me. I think I can do that. That's like two buttons here. Let me see. Okay, let's see. Because I, I got to do the clip thing, which is that, and then I got to do the yeah. zoom and enhance thing, which is that. Ben picking no. DN picking <laughs> Steve picking Lori Jason Chad picking Steve picking Skeletorks. My second favorite moment of 2014 was when listener Etienne picked me in the 2013 clip show, picking me in the 2012 clip show, picking listeners Lori, Janice, and Chad in the 2011 clip show, picking me, picking Skeletor in the TV fantasy character draft. What's your number one pick, Steve? My favorite moment of 2014 is listener Ben picking listener Etienne, picking me, picking uh, listeners Lori, Janice, and Chad, picking me, picking Skeletor. What did you do, Steve? What have you I done? Know, what, well, hold on, hold happened? on. Is it 2018? <laughs> I don't no, know. It's not. I, one would have thought you could have like stopped that before we had to hear the whole thing. But I guess maybe I don't Skeletor know how this took works. charge of your computer. Oh, my God. Very complicated. It was fine until I zoomed in and enhanced. <laughs> Never zoom and enhance, Jason. <laughs> I can picture all of you looking at your phones and... Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe writing the first chapter of your novel. First two chapters. <laughs> at this point... 
Well, we did. We got it out of the way early. Thank you. Yeah. Are, we, are we back? I'm so confused I mean, already. Yeah, we're we're back. We're back right? in 2022 now, people. Oh right, okay. I meant to say this is Monty in 2022. Yes, observing it. Yes. Correction. Sticking with March 2020. Monty, I do you mean, need me to play it again I, so that you can get it right? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh God. Here's, well, here's the thing: is this is so confusing because last year in recording the clip show. Kelly didn't know what the recursive clip loop was, and we right. had to explain to her what the clip was in the first place. Yeah, let's get everybody to turn off this podcast in a huff <laughs> right at the beginning. Why I, I, I yeah. just want to say this year, I'm proud. I got maybe it will be short. Jason. I got through four chapters of of a nano rye clip. So that's <laughs> good. Thank you. And uh, thank you. By the way, that that when when uh, Kelly did that, it sounded like this. Earlier today, I was talking to Kelly, and <laughs> Kelly, I got the distinct impression that, do you know what the Skeletor clip loop is? Nope. <gasps> Every day, someone's what? born who hasn't, who heard, hasn't the heard the Skeletor clip loop. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is my first time on this one. Apparently, yep. I shot my mouth off on the incomparable a but lot we more do release than it normal. Every year. Yeah, Kelly, yeah. Kelly <laughs> let, me, you, let me explain you to, to you listen. what the Skeletor clip loop is. Why, why don't you just play oh, it? Oh, it? just play it for it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, I'm going to go with one then that's uh, that's close to my heart for various reasons, and uh, I know somebody's just raring to pick him, so I better grab him now. I'm going to pick uh, pick Skeletor from the Masters of the Universe cartoon series. <laughs> Sorry, I did not see that coming. Uh, should, he shouldn't he be on the show with Tom Servo. Well, the beauty of Skeletor is that he can die every week and yet miraculously reappear from under the pile of rocks that he was buried under. In well, subsequent weeks. So if Anthony tries to send Skeletor to the cornfield, what happens? He's back the next week. <laughs> That's well, the tension of the show. No spoilers. No spoilers. All right. I'll wait for your, I'll wait it's for your, your premise. Eagerly. It's crucial wow. to my plot, which, uh, which uh, I look forward to uh, making up on the can tomorrow. All right. <laughs> That's appropriate. So anyway, Kelly, uh, Steve did that, and then he picked that clip in another episode and then picked that clip in the previous from the, the previous clip, clip, clip. Okay. creating a cl- recursive clip loop where the clip continues to be picked and it's grown and grown and now threatens the universe basically <laughs> sure good thing we played that clip mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep this, that's it we're back in 2022 everybody this is the worst episode oh, ever Jason, i just want to clarify uh i did see it coming this time yeah <laughs> yeah so, so have, sure. have we now officially finally killed it is as a joke is it unfunny enough that we just don't have to do it anymore? Nope. I don't know. Let's uh, see no, what loop, the rest of the episode loops are, brings. Loops around now. Oh, boy. So oh I got to say, that didn't help at all. Uh, I still don't remember anything that happened in 2021. Nope. So. <laughs> also, I want to say, it really is cruel that you insist on playing the entirety of these clips for us while we sit here and uh, and you know try to figure out things to do with them. Believe ourselves. it or not, those are those are edited down. They're they actually are. edited oh, down. Oh, I know. I believe oh, yeah. It. I was like, that seems short. <laughs> Yeah. And yet we are all still sitting around going, are we are we still in the clip or are we done with the clip? It's very hard. David may still be in the clip. We don't know. No, I've been writing more. I'm, I'm up to eight chapters now. This is okay. great. He's been in the clip this whole year. The good news is that although I still don't remember anything from 2021, nobody is around to hear that I don't remember anything from 2021. So <laughs> That's good. We, we, we've scared everybody off. I have a little hack. I didn't want to get lost in the clip loop. It happens. So. Watch out. I opened, I can see all the microphones moving, and when it's a clip, only Jason's That's what I did this year. That's right. I learned. That's right. That's good, because you don't want to be caught in the clip loop. All right. We're going to go around, and and I'm going to ask people to uh, pick a couple of things that are favorite uh, things they liked in the year. Um, so this is sort of catching up on stuff, I guess. Random.org, as we heard the music earlier, is going to uh, determine the order, and uh, that means... That, of course, because random.org recognizes its originator, 
Steve Lutz is going to go first. Steve? What? That can't uh, be right. <laughs> what did you like this year? Wow, I was expecting to use the additional time that Random.org affords me to come up with some things <laughs> to say during this segment of the show. Nope. Alas, that was not to be. Didn't you open up a tab? No. Uh, I did open up a uh, RC cola diet, however. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, marking this down for unappreciated joke of 2021. Joke. Yep. I like 2022. I, I, I appreciated it. it. All right. I'm appreciating I it in the moment. I didn't care moment. for it. All right. Scratching, scratching <laughs> this off my list for underappreciated joke of 2021. Um, okay, sure. So there were some things that, uh, that, that I did in 2021 that I vaguely remember. Um, let's see. Uh, in the realm of uh, TV, I quite enjoyed Ted Lasso season two. Since I get to go first, I guess I'll mention that. I figured somebody else would already say it, uh, which I thought was really quite good. I, I didn't think it quite lived up to season one, but at the same time, it it, uh, it maintained a lot of what I really liked about that show. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I believe that you can find more discussion on that subject elsewhere on this podcast network. So, I think you can. Uh, I'm not going to continue talking about that, but it uh, it was probably among the best, if not the best things that I enjoyed in the TV realm this year. Um, Movie-wise, I very much enjoyed, this is a couple years old, which is actually slightly uh, slightly newer than most things that I usually bring up in this annual episode. Um, I quite enjoyed the uh, Japanese film One Cut of the Dead, uh, which is, uh, or at least it starts off as a, uh, a zombie movie about people making a zombie movie. Um, and it's uh, it's a fairly mediocre uh, zombie movie about people making a zombie movie. Uh, I don't think I'm spoiling it by saying that the thing that's interesting about uh, about the film is that it is literally one cut. It's a it's a film that is composed entirely of a single shot, um, which, as you might imagine, is an extremely hard thing to do when you're doing something like a horror movie. Um, and so that explains, to some extent, the mediocrity of uh, of the film that you're watching unfold. Um, but then after about 34 minutes or so, it takes a hard left turn and it turns out to be something else entirely. Uh, and I'm not going to go into detail on it because I think it's the, the joy of it is, is first of all, being unbelievably confused when uh, the movie completely changes tones uh, and then figuring out what it is that you're actually watching, uh, which turns out to be very delightful and quite funny and um, actually surprisingly kind of touching in a sense of appreciation for the creative arts and the people that uh, pour their hearts and souls into uh, making movies. Um, so highly recommend it. Very well worth uh, looking looking into. Um, I think it's on Shudder uh, if you subscribe to that service, or I'm sure there are other ways you could watch it as well. Um, and then I will mention also, um, usually I talk about some game that's about 40 years old that I played this year. Uh, this year, the game that I played a lot of is only uh, 13 years old. So that's a new record, I think. Um, but uh, last summer, uh, Persona 4 Golden came out on the PC, and I had never played a Persona game before, but I had watched my son play Persona 5 uh, in in uh, small um, small portions and always thought it looked kind of interesting. So when Persona 4 came out, I, I thought, hey, I'll pick that up and give it a try. Uh, but first I went and played Persona 3 on PlayStation 2, which I did last year, um, to prepare myself for it. I know you don't really need Persona 3 to play Persona 4, but I have that kind of weird sense that I should at least go back one game. And, uh, so that's what I did. Anyway, this year I played Persona 4, um, and it's great. It's like a, uh, JRPG bolted onto a dating simulator. 
Um, <laughs> really, dating simulator probably is it's 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 more of a relationship simulator, but it's it's interesting in that um, the uh, decisions you make as you sort of form relationships with the various characters in the game uh, play into the stats that you have for the JRPG portion of the game, um, which is a lot of fun and. Um, you play a transfer student uh, from Tokyo who goes to school for the year in this uh, sort of rural part of Japan. Um, and shortly after you arrive, um, some crazy murders start happening in the town. And then shortly after that, you realize you have the power to uh, step into the television. And there's a sort of an other world on the, uh, on the other side of the TV that is related to the murders in interesting in an interesting way, um, but it's like a super long game, so you know you really have to be willing to uh, to to put in some time on it. But I found it very satisfying, and uh, I always love high school as a setting. But uh, Japanese high school as a setting is particularly interesting because there's a lot of stuff that's different about the Japanese high school experience, including the fact that they go to school on Saturday. Can you believe that? Craziness. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so there's actually you actually end up learning a little about Japanese culture while you're playing this game, which uh, which I really enjoyed. Anyway, I played it once, took me about sixty hours, and then I went right back and played it again because I wanted to maximize all of the various relationships with the characters and uh, make an effort at least of dating every single girl in the game. Which, by the way, the game shames you for if you happen to do. <laughs> <laughs> because when February 14th rolls around, there's a Valentine's Day seed and you have to pick one of the girls to be with and then you have to spend at least, you know, five minutes watching every one of the other girls seem hurt and guilt you into uh, feeling bad about the fact that you didn't pick them. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just that kind of game. But it's, it's, it's very funny and, uh, and enjoyable. And I highly recommend it if you haven't played the game in 2008 when it came out or in 2012 when they re-released it. Mm. Now might be the time. Now, so, 2022. 2022. That's, it's your year. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. All that's right. about, about all I did last year. Well, that's, that's great. Thank Hope you. Hope you loved it. Uh, Erica is next. Oh, exciting. Uh, well, as I said, I have no tab, so everything is recency bias uh, <laughs> going on here. So the most recent thing that I did that I enjoyed this year <laughs> that I remember, uh, as usual, good old me catching up on stuff. Catching up because, on stuff. Yep. Always behind. That's that's me. So this year I discovered the 2010 show <laughs> Covert Affairs. Um, oh. I know, which I finally started watching because Dan and Annette, the director of the Agents of Smooch, uh, both had finally, I guess, mentioned it enough times that it hit critical mass. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll finally check this out. And uh, yeah, I don't know how I missed it when it was actually on in the first place because I watched other TV shows on the USA cable network. Is that where characters are welcome? Well, I, thought maybe I mean, not else. anymore. But, uh, but <laughs> the, the characters no longer welcome. Get out of here, <laughs> characters. Right, get out of here. In in 2010, uh, Piper Parabo's character Annie Walker was very welcome. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a show about a a CIA trainee. Obviously, later she's not so much a trainee. Um, and I I like spy stuff. So I don't know how I missed this and why I didn't watch it faster. Um, but it is a delightful show that is full of eye candy. I cannot recommend it enough uh, on that front. Uh, and it's just also been nice to just kind of relax and not think too hard, but think a little bit, uh, which is which is nice. So if you're into spy stuff and you haven't checked this out. I do that every day. 
<laughs> uh, I recommend it. Um, I actually have not finished watching all of it. It ran for five seasons, and I uh, I, I slowed down because uh, after season three, the Oded Fair content drops precipitously. <laughs> so my my That's excitement. So at, uh, at at watching for him was was you know dimmed a little bit, but uh, I I think that's my favorite thing to watch him in, and I've seen him in lots of things. Really um, so if you give it a try, don't be put off by the frankly not great pilot. It's not great, or the mm-hmm. frankly terrible opening credits, which mm-hmm. are really mm-hmm. terrible. And mm-hmm. they uh, they ditched those after season three. Thank goodness. The fun thing that that I discovered just uh, watching, I think. Season one, uh, I noticed. Well, I live with a very big Led Zeppelin fan, and he noticed that mm-hmm. the episode titles were all Led Zeppelin songs. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So I checked, and sure enough, the rest of the titles for for season one all Led Zeppelin songs. And then I got to feel like a really smart music nerd because then I just skimmed through the titles for the rest of the seasons, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Season two is REM, and then you get the David Bowie season, which." not surprisingly was amazing. Uh, and then there's a Pixies season and a Pavement season. So. Got a little music nerdery in there as well. Yep. So thank you, Dan, I guess, cool. is what that was. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Glad, glad to have you in the club, Eric. Yep, yep. Um, and the other thing that I did this year was um, expanded my my podcast listening a little bit by uh, branching out into, like, and I encourage anybody to do this, look for local podcasts about local issues and local politics. Uh, that was something that I, I made it a point to do in 2021 after 2020 was was so awful. Uh, you know, lots of stuff starts in, in your own backyard, and I realized I hadn't been paying quite enough attention to what was actually happening sort of on the ground in Edmonton and in Alberta. So I started listening to uh, Speaking Municipally, a podcast called Is This For Real, and uh, an Alberta-wide one called the breakdown just to kind of get a better idea of what's actually happening around here and what I can do to try to make things a little bit better so that maybe 2022 will not be as sucky as 2020 and 2021. So that was my year. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Erica caught up on stuff. Jean is next. <laughs> Woo. Well, I have one real obvious favorite for the year, favorite movie. Um, and favorite thing to do, apparently, is Dune. Um, I s- have now seen it four times in the wow. theater. Wow. Wow. Whoa. I mean, I just, yeah, I saw it a couple times before we recorded a podcast about it. And then this weekend, I got to see it twice. And I was really <laughs> psyched to see it t- two more times. I think I'm done now, but uh, every time I got more out of it. And yeah, it's just, for me, just like it's epic and it's beautiful and the story moves me and the characters and the actors are amazing. And I have to th- think like, the, and, and I know everybody didn't like totally love it, um, but I think it was an advantage for me not to have read the book, um, which, uh, you know, I knew I was in a minority on that. And uh, just accept the movie, you know, what happened on the screen as as the story. And I think it was really, you know, just um, masterfully done. I think it's also an advantage for me to not have seen the David Lynch version. Um, That's an advantage because... for everybody. <laughs> no, apparently. Not for John Syracuse. Huh? I actually like it too. I, 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 I love it. So there. Yeah. yeah. Never no, seen Dave, Yeah, John, in our podcast, I was not expecting that. That was definitely a surprise moment for me on The Incomparable was John Syracuse saying he still rates 
the David Lynch version higher. And he clearly has seen the David Lynch version many times. And he, you know, he had a lot to say about the two against each other. And I had nothing to say about that. So it wasn't even like we disagreed. I just had no, no context for what he was saying. And I think, you know, for it's, it's a good example of like, hey, you like what you like. Um, I really, really love Dune. And um, I, I don't think I'm going to go see it a fifth time, but it, on the big screen, though, I think that is a big deal. Um, and I have gone in very specific movie contexts with where, like, going in the morning, reserve seats, making sure I position myself where nobody's going to be sitting anywhere near me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I do miss going to the theater, but. Uh, so that's my favorite movie. I was going to say Ted Lasso for my favorite TV show, because, but I knew I was. You can't. It's get, not a draft. You can it's, say not it a draft. Oh. it's not a draft. It's not a draft. You will look come off as a copycat. Though, so <laughs> <laughs> Finally, random.org puts me first, and it's not a draft. Oh. <laughs> not that I'm bitter. That's the only reason you've got to be first, Steve. Face it random.org. I regret coming up with a theme song for those weasels. I did line up some backups and I uh again one that got a lot of attention on the incomparable uh is WandaVision and that I I thought was just amazing and I I again will refer people to the the many podcasts um that cover Marvel and WandaVision in particular. So that those um, the last thing I wanted to mention was I, I was thinking about books and I've really like become an audiobook person more than um, any uh, a paper book person. I think the I don't know the pandemic kind of it, it's just been comforting to have people tell me stories. I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite TV series detective shows, which are one of my favorite genres, my favorite genre, let's be honest, is uh, called Vera. And uh, I know some people here have seen it and like it. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, Now, I don't usually go back to the source material of one of my, you know, TV shows, because in a detective series, it's like, well, you're going to find out (laughs) who the you already know who the villain is. Um, you already know the twists or whatever, but I decided to give Anne Cleves, who is the author of the Vera Stanhope series. I just, I just, I don't know what made me decide to start listening, but I loved it on audiobook. It's great. It is like having the TV show, but all the details that the TV show can't cover in, you know, the their regular stories are about ninety minutes, and the audiobooks are like twelve hours, and. Wow, I just they're I think they're super well written, um, and the narrators are are really really good, and I love listening to accents of any kind. And this North Northern England, Northumberland, I guess it is uh, um, Newcastle area accent. I just enjoy listening to that. So, yep, I that was my favorite. Um, I I looked on my library checkout app and. There were nine, nine books, Vera books that I checked out, and they're all about an average of 12 hours. Wow. So that was a lot of time, but I, I did other things. <laughs> I did other things while I was listening. But um, That's I, more time I, than Steve spent playing Persona 4 Golden. That's a lot of time. 
Anyway, so those are the highlights of my pop cultural year. Nice. Thank you. That's great. Dan? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Hey. It's you. Uh, Jason, it's the year I gave up catching up on stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you declared stuff bankruptcy. Stuff bankruptcy. Huh? That's right. That's it. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I, I always have high hopes. And uh, this year I did manage to watch a bunch of uh, movies, most of which were, were fairly old. I will say... The movie I found that stuck with me, and this may be contentious, but I found myself thinking about it for several days afterwards, was David amazingly Lynch's enough. <laughs> Not David Lynch's Doom, which I've never seen, um, but the uh, the most recent James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Honestly, I really liked it, and the more I thought about it, the more I liked a lot of the stuff they did there, because they broke a lot of the conventions of Bond movies. And you know what? It's <laughs> When you've had a franchise running for... Uh, more than half a century. Years? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you can shake things up a little bit. I'm I'm okay with it. Um, and I I'm someone who's maybe not a total diehard Bond fan, but I have watched most, if not all, the movies and read a bunch of the books and all that. And you know, I, I think that every every to every generation there is born <laughs> oh, <laughs> James Bond. Whoa, what's happening? Um, and I just I found that I, I really liked a lot of the ways they dumped some of the tropes that uh, didn't age as well. Um, I liked, you know, I, I like Daniel Craig in general. I think he has unfortunately got saddled with a lot of movies that were not very good. Um, and this one was, I think, my favorite after Casino Royale. And that was saying something because I, I thought Casino Royale yeah, was a great, great Bond movie. So, uh, yeah, I was surprised how much I enjoyed this movie. I did not have super high hopes going in. Uh, I will say uh, if there is an MVP in that movie... It's Anna Darmus, yes. uh, who reteams with Daniel Craig after Knives Out. She's in the movie for like 10 minutes, and she basically owns that entire 10 minutes. She is great. Um, so it was a, a surprise hit for both me and my wife. We both really enjoyed it. Um, so I think that was uh, one of the better movies I saw this year, surprisingly enough. Uh, on the TV side, you know, Gene mentioned WandaVision. I kind of collectively wanted to like say like the the MCU shows, but I know that's too much. So I'm just gonna say, man, they really nailed the ending on Hawkeye, didn't they? Yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we all agree. I mean, they hit the bullseye. Come on, globally, I mean, globally no, hailed. <laughs> yep, episode um, six, all timer. <laughs> uh, that that seems like a, a jerky move. So maybe I'll just uh, say something else entirely. Um, actually, this was the year that. Um, they rebooted one of my uh, a show that I really enjoyed. Leverage got rebooted on oh, IMDb yeah. TV, and I really liked it. You know what? It was the kind of show you kind of need right now. It's not a super you know uh, dramatic show. It's fun. Uh, they uh, switched out a couple of the characters for various reasons hmm. um, and uh, added Noah Wiley into it, who is just kind of delightful. Um, and I just you know it's kind of it's very light. It's very light and very. Um, you know, uh, sort of plays with a lot of the stuff of the, uh, as the original does, um, like the the unfairness and kind of the system that we live in. And I think that's something we could all kind of get behind these days. So uh, there's definitely a certain amount of wish fulfillment escapism in that, in that, you know, wrongs actually get corrected sometimes. Um, so in general, I found that enjoyable. I'm very excited they're doing another season of that. Really looking forward to that. It's it's also like if if you watched the original and enjoyed it, it's kind of just like having some old friends come back and visit yes, you exactly. during a during a tough time, which which I found was was really nice. I also is it, it always an amazing story? No, but the characters yeah. are pretty fun, and you kind of like you said they're well drawn characters and they're fun to hang out with. And we we started a rewatch of the 
original show and was like, yeah, this is pretty much right on par. Like, it's just like it just they picked up exactly where they left off like eight years later. Um, so, yeah, if you enjoyed the earlier show or maybe if you haven't given it a try, I think it's uh, worth your time. Uh, on the book front, uh, I'm not going to hit my uh, goal of reading 40 books in 2021, but I'm close. I'm going to probably end up with around 30. Um, I will say... Earlier this year, I read a new book in a fantasy series. Uh, it's entitled The Mask of Mirrors by M.A. Carrick. Uh, and I really enjoyed this. It kind of scratched the itch I had from Scott Lynch's Gentleman Bastard series, which has not had a new entry in a very long time. Um, but it's got that sort of like there's a con artist in a fantasy city. Uh, there's a slight amount of sort of a, uh, you know, a Renaissance Italian feel to it. Uh, and then there's some swashbuckling, there's some romance, there's some magic. Um, it's a pretty hefty one, but it's a trilogy. And the second book is already out. <laughs> so uh, I feel like, you know, two thirds of the way through, it feels like they're uh, they're moving along pretty good there. So uh, it just it was an immersive one. Uh, I sort of got a chance to dive into it for several weeks. And that was a lot of fun to just have some, you know, good old escapism fantasy that was entertaining, uh, not super grim or dark. I mean, it has some drama and there's some some spooky stuff that happens at a couple of points, but like just a sort of a fun escapist romp. Uh, so I, I liked that book quite a bit and um, I enjoyed the sequel as well. Uh, and then sort of miscellaneous this year, the one thing, I didn't play a lot of video games, but and I've been meaning to mention this. I don't remember if I mentioned it on a previous clip episode. But uh, within the last couple of years, I started uh, playing an online trivia league called Learned League, uh, which I know some other panelists play and also several of our listeners play. We actually have a private little uh, league for it. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, it kind of runs seasonally throughout the year for several weeks. And you get matched up against someone else every day. Everybody in the league gets the same six questions every day. And it, you basically have to sort of score the questions based on how well you think your opponent will do. And it gives you all like the stats. So if you're into like fantasy league stuff, it kind of has a little element of that where you're like looking at how well people did in different categories and trying to suss out like, oh man, like should I give them this this number of points for this one or a lower point because they might be good at it. Um, and it's just a entertaining way to sort of uh, have a like, a like a stake to put in every day. It's like, oh yeah, I got to answer my trivia question. So uh, that's a lot of fun, and I enjoyed the sort of community that's popped up around that, uh, both at large as well as right here in the incomparable. So, uh, I just I love trivia. It's fun to be able to compete with that. I kind of miss the pub trivia aspects of mm-hmm. <laughs> of the quarantine era. So, yeah, that's my miscellaneous pick this year, and I think that's about it. That's great. Thank you. Next up is David. Oh man, um, I I did actually watch things and read things this year. Congratulations. Um, I didn't take notes on them. Great job. So, uh, no, no, no. Uh, so for movies, um, I, I did see a fair number of movies. And the first one that I went back into a theater to see in person is one that I've been looking forward to for a while because I love the source material. And and this probably won't surprise anyone because I'm a theater kid and I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I loved In the Heights. I thought it was mm. a beautiful a reimagining of the stage show because the stage show is set entirely in a single space, right? And this was a beautiful reimagining, re- reimagining of the stage show. Uh, John Chu needs to direct more musicals because he's got a great eye for it. Um, and I mean, the just the opening number 
was thrilling. They released the first eight minutes of it on YouTube before before the movie came out, and I just was like, oh my god, that is going to be good. And and it was. Um, so yeah, In the Heights. Uh, for TV, I could mention Ted Lasso. I might have mentioned Ted Lasso if it had, if I had come up first, but it's not a draft, and so hey, Ted Lasso. Uh, but the other show... <laughs> Copycat. <laughs> the other show... That I would watch the day it dropped, no matter what, uh, was Hulu's Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Which was created by Steve Martin and John Hoffman. And it was beautiful. I mean, it's it's a comedy and it's a murder mystery. And either one of those is difficult enough. But when you combine them and you do them both really well, that's a high degree of difficulty. And... As as the series progressed, you're like, okay, okay, I'm liking this mellower, milder Steve Martin. You know, he's not he's not the jerk. He's not the man with two brains, right? And they lull you with this so that by the end of the series, when he starts going into some physical comedy, you're sitting there going, he's 76. <laughs> I hope there's a scene where he reminds me of the scene in all of these. Yes. Me. Yes. Where half of his body is going one way and half of his body is going the other way. <laughs> it is. It just, that whole episode is filled with beautiful physical comedy. And it's pretty clearly him. It doesn't look to be a stuntman or anything else. I hope I'm that limber when I'm 76. My God, man. Yeah. Um, good, funny, and also a good murder mystery. It, it's a very good murder mystery. Yeah. It, it sticks the landing. It plays fair. And if you listen to podcasts, which... I guarantee you do, because you're listening to one right now. <laughs> Hello. Whoa. It's uh, kind of hilarious about podcasts. Too. Oh, yes. Lots of, the, the, uh, <laughs> yes. It, it, it made me laugh constantly with just all the podcast things that are in it. So and and we pulled together in a foot episode about it, because we just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. It's so great. good. Um, and then for books, I'm also going to go with a murder mystery, uh, because... Last year, one of my favorite books was Fortune Favors the Dead by Stephen Spotswood. And this year, sneaking under the, under the wire at the end of the year, because it just came out, his his second book in this series, Murder Under Her Skin, uh, is, is just as much fun, if not even better. Um, the first one just won the Nero Award from the Wolf Pack, the official literary society of Nero Wolf, uh, because... His books are are hi- highly inspired by Rex Stout's writing, except this time it's women, and it's it's looking at a very realistic nineteen forty seven, nineteen forty eight, but from you know with twenty twenty eyes, no pun intended. Um, it's it's very interesting, and it's interesting that he manages to hit that tightrope of telling a good mystery, having fun with it, having good characters but placing them in a realistic setting. It's a little more grounded than the Nero Wolf books. So, uh, yeah, if if you enjoy a good classic murder mystery, Murder Under Her Skin by Stephen Spotswood. And and as for video games, I just I just discovered this this game. It's a couple of decades old. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's 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 called Pac-Man. It's it's oh, yeah. really addictive. <laughs> oh, David, no spoilers, but wait till you meet Mrs. Pac-Man. What? Whoa. What? 
There is no I was going to. I, I know that he is Pac-Man. She's liberated. No. Pac-Man no, he got married in the last no. five years. Didn't oh. you see the story? The Jason no. Robert Brown music? She's still Ms. Pac-Man to me. And you I know she's invited. liberated because there's a junior Pac-Man, but she is still a Ms. Still a Ms. And then there's Pac and Pal. Monty. Pal. <laughs> it's your <laughs> turn. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing on television I liked most was episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars season six, specifically the lip sync at the end. I'm going to set this up. Uh, Laganja Estranja had appeared on the sixth season of the show back in 2014, but didn't do well because of stress and kind of melted down. But in All-Stars 6, she comes back as what's called a lip-sync assassin. And from the moment she makes her appearance, dropping from the ceiling out of frame into the splits, there is pandemonium. She starts off this crisp lip-syncing and dancing, slowly adding more acrobatics and removing costume elements until she is flipping all over the place. It is a triumphant return to the show, and I must have watched this video 20 times. It just fills me with delight every time I watch it. And I strongly recommend watching Laganja Estranja versus Trinity K. Bonet in RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 6. And that concludes the stuff I actually wrote down. So okay. let's, uh... <laughs> I really appreciate you setting up the setting up by telling us you were going to set up. That's that All right, it. freestyle it, Monty. The movie I thought about most this year is going to be Malignant. Uh, Malignant is by James Wan, who started the Saw franchise and the Conjuring franchise, and I think the Insidious franchise. And that gave him a lot of capital to work with. And what he did was make a big-budget, ludicrous horror movie. It starts off as a Jallo-inspired spook fest with a twist that is clearly visible to anyone with eyes. (laughs) But it transitions into full Frank Henenlotter body horror madness and then goes crazy. The last act of Malignant is nothing like the first half of the movie, and it's crazy and awesome. I can't say much more than that except to say Malignant. Okay. It's good. All right. Uh, Video games. I'm currently replaying Dragon Age Inquisition for like the sixth time, but... No spoilers. I haven't played it yet. It's It's next on my list. Ooh, tell me every decision you make. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) uh, But I'm going to say something for Cyberpunk 2077. I liked Cyberpunk 2077. Now, sure, it was broken and didn't work all that well, but that (laughs) worked for me, you know, because it's a first-person game, so any glitches in the game could be taken as glitches in your cyber eyes Uh. or something. I thought Cyberpunk 2077 was a lot of fun. All right. That's everything I have. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, I purposely didn't mention that I played Dragon Age 2 this year because people keep sending me spoilers every time I mention something I haven't finished. (laughs) Did you enjoy Dragon Age 2? I loved it. That's great. A lot of people don't like it, but I think it's fun. Nobody send Erica anything about it, okay? Please. Leave Erica alone. Well, by process of elimination, that means Moises is next. Random.org didn't like you this time. Uh, What stuff did you catch up on? Well, uh, I I think I'll start with video games uh, because we're just coming off of a video game thing. A big game for me this year was Metroid Dread. I've been a Metroid fan for a very long time, and it's been almost 20 years since there was a 2D mainline Metroid game. uh, And Metroid Dread did not disappoint uh, for me at all. Gave me everything that I hoped for. 
Um, uh, one of the things that longtime Metroid players are familiar with is something that speedrunners are, are uh, fans of, which is uh, referred to as, uh, I think it's uh, sequence breaking, where you get something that makes you more powerful than you should be at a certain point of the game. And there is something that the developers of the game specifically did uh, with relation to uh, one of the series' uh, signature bosses, which I won't spoil beyond that sort of vague reference, uh, that just uh, utterly delighted me. Um, not that I caught it myself, but that I found out about it after the fact made me want to go back and replay the game. Uh, if, if you love Metroid games in, and have a Switch, it's uh, it's a great reason to pick up your Switch and, and pick up uh, the, um, the game. Uh, the Amiibos are cute, but unlike some other Switch games, you don't absolutely have to have them to uh, to do something useful in the game, which is a, a frustrating uh, trend I find in Switch games, where uh, the ones for Skyward Sword are you know you have to get them so that you can fast travel, and going back to Breath of the Wild, even there's one that you have to have so that you can get Epona, and there's no other way to get Epona. Uh, but uh, rest assured, that is not the case with Metroid Dread. The the fancy Metroid amiibos just give you some some fun uh, little stuff, and you know I I like them design wise, so I get them regardless of whether Metroid is trying to bleed me and bilk me for more money. Um, I, I, I guess uh, going last and uh, having gone through loads and loads of my notes of all this stuff that I've watched and consumed all year, um, I, I have a, a, a bit of a, a conundrum. Um, but I, I think a general a general category that I can point to is one of the things that I caught up on this year uh, that was really more a... Uh, 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 a, a professional act than a, oh, I'm just catching up on stuff for fun, is uh, comic conventions started up again. And so I found myself prepping for comic conventions again for the first time in a while. And uh, de-atrophying those muscles uh, was something uh, where I wasn't just uh, watching stuff for pleasure. I was watching stuff for work. So I, I dug back into Chris Eccleston's season of Doctor Who uh, so that I could um, be on stage with him. Uh, I, uh, I, I, uh, I went back and watched a documentary about Stephen Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along made by one of the original cast, uh, in advance of being on stage with Giancarlo Esposito, who was in the original cast of that thing. That and documentary is amazing. It's, it's excellent. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's called the best worst thing that ever could have happened. Um, that whether you're familiar with Sondheim, you're familiar with the show or not, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and, uh, and, and those little, uh, reminders of, oh yeah, this is this thing that I had been meaning to watch for three years and had been sitting in my Netflix queue. Uh, it, it was nice to kind of get back into that, um, that side of things. Um, on, on the side of, of TV in general, uh, I, I found myself, uh, catching up on things that I had missed, watching things that are still ongoing, um, and discovering, uh, some brand new stuff. Uh, and so as Jason requested that we keep it brief, I wanted to mention some stuff that nobody's mentioned yet that I think other people would probably have stuff to say about. Um, a couple of shows that are continuing that had new seasons that we didn't cover on the main show this year. Uh, what we do in the shadows had a fantastic third season. Um, and for all mankind had a wonderful second season as well. Uh, and, uh, and I, I look forward to more from both of those as they both kind of upped their game and, uh, and and set things uh, to to yet a new level of well what are they going to do now? Uh, on a similar note, I could say that about the uh, recently as we're recording this on exactly the first day of 2022 mm -hmm. uh, concluded third season of Succession, um, which uh, which is really wonderful. Uh, I finally watched all of Killing Eve, which I hadn't watched any of. 
Uh, I watched both seasons of Lupin oh, on Netflix. Such a good show. Um, everybody else has stuck to three, and Moises, you're up to about <laughs> ten now. So I need sure. you to cut it short because it's. Your I'm team. cutting it short. Um, and then t- two things that come up on the incomparable Slack on a regular basis: uh, Search Party and the other two, both on HBO Max in the states. Uh, those those two shows uh, are are shows that I don't think enough people talk about, uh, but they're absolutely fantastic and hilarious. Uh, and yeah, I, I, and we're all going out and seeing movies again, and it was great going and seeing movies theaters right thank you um i've got i've got a a couple um in terms of books you know uh like 10 years ago Susanna clark wrote jonathan strange and mr norrell and it was really 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 long and i loved it but it was really 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 long like an extremely extremely long book a long time passes and then she releases a book called piranesi which is very short and it was my favorite book of the year it's delightful it's strange. We talked about it in our one of our uh, Hugo and Nebula shortlist episodes. Um, it was absolutely undeniably my favorite book of the year. It's it's very peculiar. It's about it's set in a, a a building that's kind of got statues everywhere, classical statues, and also the ocean is coming in, and there are birds. <laughs> there's no way to explain it it's a very weird book it's a very weird book and uh it gets less weird as it goes which is good because it starts out real weird but uh it's wonderful and just you should read it it's not too long and uh, i loved it are there birds oh i'm sorry there are yes (laughs) there are birds uh and i believe this year just uh, because uh somebody mentioned it uh i think i read 50 books this year Yay, wow. yay to me. Look at this guy. <laughs> Must yeah. be nice. Yeah. Yay. Hooray. Um, I, uh, Moises just mentioned it, but I'm, I'm going to say my my pick for best, uh, my favorite TV show of the year is For All Mankind Season 2. Um, I think it really was, I liked Season 1, but Season 2 comes together in an incredibly fulfilling way in the last episode. Um, and if you liked it or if you are going to watch it, Dan and I did an episode by episode uh, recap podcast about that. That was also a lot of fun. Uh, watch the vending machine. That's all I'll say. Vending machine. <laughs> the vending machine of destiny. See, see, Jason. Occasionally, occasionally, when I respectfully break the rules, it helps. It doesn't because I was going to mention it anyway. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> uh, but if Moises hadn't mentioned it, I would have said, uh, "This is me cheating." I would have mentioned Hacks on HBO Max, which is see, I left that one for you, <laughs> which, is, which is my other favorite TV show of the year. Uh, and then uh, I saw a lot of movies this year, especially early in the year. One of the great things about all the movie studios deciding that they had given up, you know, they couldn't get into theaters, so they put everything on streaming. Is that before the Oscars, I actually got to see most of the movies that were nominated for Oscars, which I never get to see because I don't go to a lot of movies, in, even in normal times, in at movie theaters. But we just watched a lot of movies that were available and were being talked about in those first few months of the year uh, because they were Oscar nominees. So I saw a lot, and I'm very happy about it. I started using my Letterboxd account again uh, and logging these movies. I, I've, I haven't been watching as many movies the last few months because the TV has really kind of taken off, and it's kind of... There's a lot of TV out there right now. But earlier this year, there was not as much TV, and I got to watch a lot of movies, and I really enjoyed it. I saw a bunch of different stuff, some documentaries and music stuff, and then a bunch of the nominated Oscar uh, films. Of all of those, although I almost mentioned First Cow, which is a very strange movie that I keep thinking about. Uh, but I, uh, of all of them, and, and it was nominated for lots of Oscars, it won a single Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. But it was nominated for Best Picture and Best Actress and Best Director. 
Um, and, and my favorite movie of the year when I really looked at the list and thought about it is Emerald Fennell's Promising Young Woman starring Carrie Mulligan. It's, it's, I think it's a tour de force. It's amazing. I love how, um, matter of fact it is. I love how brutal it is at various points right up to the end. And, um, I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant piece of art and, uh, with a brilliant performance at the center of it. So, uh, yeah, Promising Young Woman. If you haven't seen it i think you should see it it was really good i haven't even heard of it i'm also happy that many oscar movies were on streaming because i got to see them all right moving on i am asking my panelists to discuss uh if they've got any favorite episodes uh that they were on this year now is the time let's just start back up at the top steve well, Jason, the answer is no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Well, Next. there are a few, actually. There are a few. I've written down some things, so I'm going to say them, All damn right. it. Uh, that's good. Also, be sure to mention the title when you can, because as as we established a couple of years ago, every time I title an episode of The Incomparable, I do it by hearing it, hearing you say it in the yes. end of year episode, and if it doesn't <laughs> sound like it would be pleasant for you to say it... I have to find a different title. So yeah, yeah. Should I, we all be just like DMing what we what we picked to Steve so that he can read it for us? No, it's okay. I just I, my, I just I have to consult my inner Steve when I'm titling. I, I was going to practice gotcha. my impression. That's a, that's a good story, and I don't find it creepy at all. So I, it's good. I always I always enjoy that. Not um, creepy at all. No, mm-hmm. not even remotely. Yeah. So um, yeah, I got a f- I've got a, a favorite episode and a, a small handful of favorite moments. Trying to keep it short, you know. Uh, out of respect for your time, um, <laughs> you mean me or the listener? Uh, well, yes. you, <laughs> okay. the, the one that I respect, you. the one that nothing against them. nothing against the listeners. You know, we love our listeners. We do. I, I kid. I kid our listeners. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it turns out when you're on, not on very many episodes, the pickings are kind of slim. So uh, you know, enjoy this. Um, yeah. So favorite episode. I'm tempted to pick episode 561 lackeys don't wear khakis but i have oh, yes. a feeling somebody else oh. might be picking this later so i'll leave that one on the board uh, what i am going to pick is episode 555 dawson's crypt mm. which is uh, oh. a discussion of <laughs> buffy the vampire slayer season six um because that season the is the first season that's really kind of challenging and a little bit depressing and i think the word we use a lot during that episode is relentless yeah. Uh, in how many awful things it throws at you and how many <laughs> terrible things it does to the characters that you've grown to love over five long years. Um, but I think our discussion of it was really great and really satisfying. And uh, we found things that we thought were great about it. And there are some things that are great about yeah. that season. And, uh, you know, we were honest about the fact that uh, a lot of the season is uh, is troubled and has some issues. And we have one more episode of the Buffy season by season club left to go. And then, it, and then it's a wrap. So we do. I'm looking forward to that. That one is a little challenging mm-hmm. too. So, uh, yeah. you know, for my so, money, not as much as season no, six, no. but you know, <laughs> okay. your mileage good, to know. good to know. Yeah. Season six was, it was rough sledding, but, uh, yeah, I thought our, our episode on it was, uh, quite good. So nice. that is my favorite of the year. Um, and then honorable mention to our, uh, total party kill episodes, for Gribbit's detective agency, which were too hot for non-members. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Tony had the brilliant idea to have um, a short campaign where we were allowed to uh, say awful things and uh, and swear 
and uh, it turns out that idea was not so brilliant after all because we were so gross that uh, that 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 these episodes should probably never be listened to by anybody. I mean, that's what that's what it sounds like. Members, of course, can get it in the bootleg or the TPK Live sessions feed, and will eventually end up as a uh, edited uh, member only special. But yes, yeah. we're not gonna the poor. Poor, um, you know, innocent ears of the regular TPK right. feed will probably never be uh, touched by it. Sure, but if you want to pay for that sort of filth, that's on <laughs> oh yeah, you, so. bring it on. <laughs> Credit cards, t- uh, you know, Apple Pay, whatever. You got it. You pay. You get it. Yeah, I haven't gone back and listened, but uh, they were a lot of fun to be on, and we did. I've, I think we said some pretty awful things, so that's <laughs> oh, always a plus. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yep, good for us. Um, let's see. On to favorite moments. Um, these are all pretty dumb, so enjoy yourself. Uh, let's start with Total Party Kill, episode 289. No good title for this because our White Sparrow episodes are just named after the, uh, the, the particular, uh, campaign that we're on. So this is the Nightblade part one. Uh, I don't know who thought it would be a good idea to let Glenn join a D&D party, but... <laughs> Oh, that adventure is. But oh, there are some moments mm. in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As the person who had to edit out all of the times where they had long discussions about whether they could do oh, something no. or what the rules were. <laughs> Woo! You edited like, some of that out? I did. <laughs> oh, boy. It doesn't show. <laughs> didn't, we, didn't we tie Glenn up for a large period of that? <laughs> yes. yes, you, you did. You did. Uh, yeah, that, was, that was a good move. It, it comes <laughs> from a place character. of love. It, it comes does. from a place of love. It does. Uh, but it, I really <laughs> enjoyed this moment, this Glenn moment from that episode uh, in which Glenn rolls a perception check. And I think we have a clip. We do. Your perception. Yes, mm-hmm. perception. It's plus zero. L- so, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Glenn, just to close the loop, you've rolled a two. Can you add zero to that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Yes, that's uh, 20. No. (laughs) (laughs) Negative 50 on my math ability, sir. I thought that was pretty good. Good job, Glenn. That's how everybody should play that. That's a 20. Mm -hmm. It's true. Well, two plus zero. Well, I just love that because Tony is being a smart ass there. Yep. He knows that Glenn is a two and a plus zero modifier, and he insists on making him do the math, and Mm -hmm. that's what he gets. So. Enjoy that, Tony. Eat it, Tony! Yeah, eat it, Tony. You're not even here to defend yourself, no. so, you know. Uh, oh, uh, so this one's really dumb. <laughs> this comes from Game Show 158. Surprise! Actors! <laughs> and this is, uh, this is a, a feuding family's um, legally distinct uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and in this episode, uh, one of the teams is trying to steal, and they're conferring about their answer. And there's some debate as to whether Jason would allow the crazy answer that they're thinking about, to which uh, you know, Jason responds, I allow a lot of crazy things. And then to emphasize it, he makes a super crazy noise. I, I don't think Jason would, would have allowed. I allow all sorts of crazy stuff, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't make me laugh as much as it does. You know, they can't all be gems, folks. But uh, it was one of my favorite moments of the year. So, uh, you know. Get your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, another Total Party Kill uh, episode 313. Again, White Sparrow. So the cult of uh, Elon Musk. I mean, the cult of Dusk, part yes, two. cult of ducks. Um, this is Dust. at, uh, if you want to look it up yourself, this is at an hour 32 and 55. 
and uh, it goes on for like the next five minutes. But uh, this is a moment in which the party is set upon by a group of helmed horrors, uh, better known as Ding Dongs. Ding Dongs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alan S. Morset, as played by Tiff Arment, uh, makes the bold tactical choice of filling the entire room with fog. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's right. Nobody can see what's going on. That is, except the helmed horrors who are magical constructs and can see in fog just fine. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, that's that good. Was that's good D and D. Yeah, that was a good I moment. Was there. I was uh, there. I mentioned it not so much to embarrass Tiff, although it is that. Uh, <laughs> as I just, you know, I want to provide a helpful educational opportunity for future generations of Dungeons and Dragons players. Don't make it impossible to see in the room no, in which you're don't, fighting. Don't fog your ding-dongs. Don't, don't do that. Don't fog your ding-dongs. <laughs> no. That's right. Um, and that leaves just one more. This is my underappreciated joke of the year. Uh, this comes from episode 547, Catching Up On Stuff. <laughs> this episode was titled Catching Up On Stuff, because we caught up on stuff in this episode. Uh, and this uh, this is an episode in which uh, we played two clips of Monty getting excited when a Trivial Pursuit question comes from the original Genus edition. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I note that Monty sounds slightly less excited in the second clip because he shot his wad in the first clip. A, a turn of phrase that wasn't intended to be gross, but could very easily be interpreted to be. It's intended to be gross now retroactively, though. Indeed. And, uh, and John Syracuse, of all people, slips in a subtle, you get dehydrated, which is definitely gross. So, uh, so good job, John. Uh, I just wanted to highlight a couple of very short moments in which Erica happens to announce a question from the original Genus edition, uh, and we're treated to a very excited reaction. All right. Well, this one is coming from the good old-fashioned Genus edition, the very first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I stand by that. <laughs> I just really enjoy all that enthusiasm for a game from 1982. Oh. And then again, at 3627, Erica once again gets a question from the original Genus edition. All right. This is coming from the original Genus 1. Category 5 yeah. is... <laughs> It's <laughs> a good callback. I know what I like. There aren't nearly enough questions from the original oh, Genus edition. So well, Monty but, uh, does your thing from now on. You have to do that every time, right? Every everybody has to do it. Time, everybody yeah. has to do it now. Yeah. So it'll just be You're yeah. lucky I didn't do it just now. Oh, you can tell he kind of shot his wad with the first. Yeah, and he didn't have as much to give to the second one. Get dehydrated. You get dehydrated. <laughs> it's so quiet. You can't. Uh, you know. You, you can't dehydrated. really appreciate it. But yeah, you do. Once you shoot your wad, you get dehydrated. So there you go. And that's it for me. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Next year, maybe I'll be in more episodes, and then I'll have more to choose from. Great. And yeah, then, uh, and then I will respect less of your time <laughs> and use up more of it. Erica, do you have some favorites? Uh, I have one. Okay. You said to bring one, so yeah. I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Steve that... did the classic, you know, honorable mention, and you know, mm -hmm. and and I, I was going to mention this one, but I didn't. <laughs> special notice and I the honorary well Oscar goes to. Yep. Also, there's the fact that I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, also. I'm too tired to play that game. Also, if if you'll recall from the beginning of the show, I didn't have a tab for this right. year. No, so tab. no tabs. 
no tab. Yep, I didn't actually take notes. So instead, I will just talk about, uh, I think, the episode that was the most interesting for me to be on uh, and then listen back to, because, yeah, I listen back. Uh, and that's episode 583, Could They Reboot Supernatural, which is not about Supernatural, I would like to. <laughs> you sons of... Hastily point out. It's twice yep. now, Dan. Twice. Mm-hmm. I know. Yep. No, no, no. Instead, uh, it was uh, Jason, me, and uh, Chip and Shannon Sutterth and my spouse, Stephen Chapansky, talking about two announcements that came hot on the heels uh, of each other. One that Russell T. Davis would be taking over Doctor Who again uh, after the current showrunner leaves. And then also the announcement that uh, J. Michael Straczynski may possibly be rebooting Babylon 5 for the CW. And I just, it was a really interesting conversation talking about two shows that I absolutely love and also sort of the media landscape and how it has changed over the course of time uh, between when both of those shows first started and then got restarted and then uh, the potential for bringing them back in the even newer, newer TV landscape. It was just a, a kind of a, a wide ranging discussion that started uh, its genesis was was a couple things that I really, really enjoyed. And that was uh, that was a great episode. So good job, Jason. Thanks. Good job to you and all those other panelists. That was a lot of fun to have that conversation. We did something similar when Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. where we did yeah, that, episode that episode that was like, so what? Didn't care. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, that was like a long time ago now. But I, I like that True. where it's sort yeah. of like we're fans mm-hmm. and also uh, don't really understand these strange things that are happening and what does it all mean? That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You have any yeah. moments or uh, was that just a no tab? That was, that was a, yeah, I, I have no tab, Jason. Serious no tab. Okay, that's fine. Gene? Hey, well, I uh, I did submit a, a clip, one clip, because I'm like Erica following the rules. But uh, high five, I, lame. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, although there were two two episodes, I was uh, I, I were my favorite to be on and to be listened to. One uh, was about Jurassic Park, unlicensed dinosaur park. I think I don't remember the number. Sorry, but I don't have a clip. I have a clip from. When Harry Met Sally with Monsters, episode 563, uh, where we watch Cloverfield. And I had never watched Cloverfield or Jurassic Park, for that matter, because I'm very, very afraid to watch movies like this. But I decided I could do it if I had people to talk to afterwards. And uh, meanwhile, in the midst of that uh, Cloverfield episode, um, and what... All we do in that episode is is just rag on the characters for their dumb ideas. And at the same time, I'm like, well, what would I do? What would I do in New York City if I, um, if there was a big monster and we had to get away from it? Because I used to live there. And um, anyway, that is the source of this clip, which I picked, even though it's me, um, <laughs> talking which i don't know if there's a rule but i know i admire I, that move to pick your yourself in your clip <laughs> well i feel my clip is a, provides a public service for our listeners any who live or visit new york all right so that's my choice so here it is i liked that it did give me that that ground level feeling as you know a former resident i was already in my head saying this is where i would go you know and it would not be the Brooklyn Bridge. Hell no. Like, <laughs> bridge is like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> that bridge, it's like, 
It was, any bridge know, in a disaster movie is going to come down. Any bridge in a disaster movie is a bad <laughs> idea. But what a beautiful thought, historic place to die horribly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to know, I decided I would go down to the Hudson River and try to sort of make my way up the island with no bridges, you mm-hmm. know, get up to Riverside or... Uh, um, Washington Heights, where monsters never go. <laughs> All right. Good. Uh, Gene McDonald's uh, New York evacuation monster plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've, we're really good on this podcast at coming up with post-apocalyptic survival <laughs> schemes. <laughs> I think we would all die immediately. But still, we have the plans. We have our plans. That's my, that's my scheme. Have, I'm just making a note. <laughs> I know monsters in Washington Heights. Nope. For future reference, I'll... I'll if I ever need to go somewhere without monsters, that's the spot. That was a song cut from In the Heights, <laughs> that's, where he sings right. about how there are no right. monsters. No kaiju. Yeah. Um, I will to, uh, just say I uh, nod to Steve's pick of Dawson's Crypt, uh, 555. I enjoyed that, too. And I also um, enjoyed that it was basically a big therapy session with Jason as the unlicensed therapist and saying like okay wellness check yeah. are you okay after watching ep- uh, season six because we were not all okay no we were not it was traumatic uh dan how hey. about you hey i'm still here yeah. uh it's, I'm, I'm it's good i'm good uh i think you do that I, every year i think every year we go a long time and then you sit you have to acknowledge your presence oh, i just kind of black out <laughs> yeah i get it <laughs> problem <laughs> Uh, uh, if I were picking one episode as a favorite on the mothership, it would be episode 575. You're going to your sisters. I'm going to space in which we discuss <laughs> close encounters of the third kind for summer of Spielberg. That was just a great panel. It was Jason Cicero, Julia Scott, Annette and myself. And I thought we just had a really good discussion about a movie as we kept going where it was like, this movie is good. But it doesn't make any <laughs> no. sense, <laughs> and it's it's very weird. But it's but it's good, and we just kept the entire episode. I was trying kind of trying to reconcile <laughs> this these two opposing ideas. Like this movie is very bizarre, but kind of good. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, and I got to tell the story of uh, the first time I saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was at Devil's Tower, <laughs> which is also very weird experience uh so that was a lot of fun uh, i really enjoyed our discussion on that one it's just a point points for what one i think one of the longest titles of the year too yeah it's I'll true it. two two sentences just like that movie <laughs> <laughs> you're going to your sisters i'm going to space <laughs> you like that jason yeah, uh, yeah. Like, can you punch could you punch space a little more <laughs> I don't take notes. No. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I've met you. Um, and then uh, an honorary mention to 584 Window and Chill, the old movie club where we talked <laughs> through Window and the conversation, which was also pretty fun. Um, and then a couple moments. Uh, I found two moments. I don't have exact time codes, I think, for both of them. But um, the first one is from uh, Total Party Kill, episode 299, Rose Thorn, part three from our White Sparrow Adventures. And it's around the hour mark, at least in the YouTube video, in which uh, my character, who is a changeling, transforms into a goblin and then meets that goblin's son. Oh, my God. He convinces to become a plumber, <laughs> if I recall correctly. Uh, top, top Hat top Jr. Hat Jr. Top Hat Jr. Top Hat Jr. Yes, which was a, uh, a pretty great moment of just being in way over your head, but, but just rolling There are a it. lot of D&D podcasts, okay? There are. 
But I defy you to find a D and D podcast that cares more about its NPCs than we do. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the other moment, also from TPK episode three hundred five, the Wild Sheep Jace, a, a bizarre one off episode in which we somehow convinced my wife to guest star as a wizard who has been turned into sheep, in which she and Annette have a long conversation <laughs> just in buying. Um, yeah, it's very strange. So, yeah, uh, that that was also a pretty great moment. That was amazing. I agree with that one for sure. And then I'll just throw in one game show, game show moment from uh, ev- basically every episode of Friendly Competition that I score. It gets increasingly bizarre <laughs> yes. and outlandish. But I will call a special mention to our most recent episode, As Wrong as Possible, uh, Game Show 167, in which uh, Lex, in an attempt to complicate the rules, adds the existence of a made-up player named Silent Carl. <laughs> 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 who doesn't do very well, but contributes a strange amount for a person who is not actually there. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Nice. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Uh, David. Well, I, I kind of fall in between Steve and Erica. I, I have a couple, but not a whole lot. Um, for, for episodes, I really enjoyed episode 553 in the King's Speech Barrel, the, the bad mm. best picture draft. Largely because of of Phil's reaction to your reaction to Chariots of Fire, which six weeks later meant we watched Chariots of Fire in episode five fifty nine, <laughs> Men versus Selves. It, it absolutely. Now I will uh, play this clip. This w- clip was also suggested by listeners Min and Todd. And it is uh, Phil's <laughs> closing argument after I declared oh, yeah. that we were going to throw out uh, Chariots of Fire. Uh, as best picture and yeah yes it did lead directly to me doing basically a make good episode where we watched chariots of fire and amadeus but not before phil got really angry and that's what the people pay to see or hear in this case and here it is so this is going to be my section of didn't see it don't wanna um, I, I haven't seen ordinary people don't wanna because uh, raging bull was the better movie to come out that year i don't have to see it uh 1990 with uh, people have mentioned Dances with uh, Wolves, both Goodfellas and Miller's Crossing came out that year. Uh, Those are one, two in my favorite films of all time. Thank you, uh, whoever mentioned 2006 and The Departed. Oh, finally, Scorsese gets an award for his most mediocre picture. Take Great. that, The Color of Money. <laughs> and I would like to replace the host of The Incomparable with someone who appreciates the brilliance of both Chariots of Fire and Amadeus, two of the best <laughs> movies of the 1980s. <laughs> and if you're going to take away Chariots of Fire's Oscar, at least give it to Atlantic City, which might have been the best picture to come out that year. Thank you. I yield my time to the idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And and I will say, I yield yield my time to the idiot has become a running joke around the house. Um, I'm the one who feels like an idiot here. I watched all of Chariots of Fire and half of Amadeus and ended up not even being on that episode. (laughs) And by the way, Jason, speaking of make good episodes about <laughs> movies, uh, we kind of took the piss out of Glenn a little bit earlier. I think we should do a Funny Bones episode oh, at some point. Oh, <laughs> well, that would be amazing. And but I but I love that this show can go from Chariots of Fire and Amadeus to reappraising Last Action Hero. Mm-hmm. The car explodes, explodes in midair. Air, in air. Yeah, there's Come nothing on. happening, and it just explodes. Yeah. Yep. 
That's beautiful. That, that was my dog heaven this year. Right? That car. Right? That's <laughs> mm, amazing. My favorite episode of all to be on was the Muppet Movie Pitches episode. Ah, yes. Which was 570. Um, partly because I'd like to see pretty much all of those movies. Um, it's also fun for Nathan's Descent into Madness. Oh, boy. What a moment that was. I would put a clip in here, but I don't want to double the length of our no, show with Nathan's no. pitch. <laughs> moment is not an accurate description. It, it, it would be the length of the TPK bootleg. I wish I was not already done, because I would totally pick that clip. <laughs> <laughs> and and personally, I really do want to write Kermit's Eleven. I think that would be just mm. fun. Uh, as for moments, um, there is one moment, which we have already mentioned, from episode 547, Catching Up on Stuff. Catching Up on Stuff! David's picking a clip from Catching Up on Stuff! Which would be the clip where I get lost in the clip because there are so many of the little clip noises. I got lost and I didn't have my Zoom window open with all the microphones and... Yeah, this, this, it, it's, let me tell you, you work on a podcast all year. And uh, and you know that something that was in the first episode of the year is the best moment in the entire year. Yep. And I think that that was yep. what happened this year. Uh, let's listen now. Uh, David, I'm going to play a clip now. I just <laughs> okay, want to be okay, clear. Okay. Now, and now just... not audible in this clip is me on mute, howling with laughter as I can hear <laughs> yeah. David talking getting to the lost. Getting in, lost. In talking to himself. Totally okay, so here it is. This is the moment. Uh, David... David, again, these clips aren't happening now. I'm, I'm, I'm just, playing them from the past. I'm going back to writing the novel. Okay. We need to summon the monsters. The monsters can protect us and fight off Skeletor. No mere monster squad, a serial monster squad. One monster in particular. <gasps> a specific monster? Uh, I loved uh, episode 479, specifically Booberry, specifically Chip explaining his pick by saying, specifically Booberry. <laughs> I believe I have a clip. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm forced to retrench and seek comfort among the monster cereals. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It come, always comes back to the monster cereals, doesn't it? Specifically Booberry, because I am always for the underdog. <laughs> you know, Chip, I think saying the phrase specifically booberry is literally the most ridiculous thing in 400 almost 500 episodes of the incomparable so thank you for that that says something wow so chip has made his choice it's a monster cereal specifically booberry and oh, i can't get enough of that i stand i would i would like to adjust As my pick should. for favorite clip the of last year most about it is the beginning of chip's delivery he sounds like a civil war soldier in a ken burns documentary <laughs> i i find respite in the monster cereals my dearest shannon we may never meet and again. that's why I, I shall see you on the other side among the monster cereals my only solace is my dear companion boo bear i mean that's that's David, why I david's trying to answer the clip but he doesn't know he's i'm in trying to answer the clip in the clip oh, david Lord. david's Lord, trapped see? inside the clip jason oh, let I'm it out stuck it's some sort of clip show phantom zone. Why are they not listening to me? I'm trying to talk to them, but they're still talking. That is the best podcaster bait of all time. You just start playing a clip and and pretend they have to. From the past, the you can't interact with them. It's that sound, it's sound effect. effect. Oh no one's willing to say anything. There it is. Come okay. back. <laughs> There are so many nested clips now. Jason needs a new sound effect for when when it's done. Oh, God. Previ- 
yeah, for, for when the, the pre-played clip that includes the this is where the clip ends sound has actually ended. So there has to be a new sound every year. Now. <laughs> nope. I'm just... Nope. I'm, was there a filter on it to make it sound farther away each time it went in, or was I imagining? You know when you record yeah. VCR well, tapes from other VCR <laughs> tapes and they get worse every time? <laughs> no, what, what happened was for that episode, um, I actually panned, which is very rare, I panned the podcast in stereo for that portion of the podcast, just that portion, so that you could hear the clip on the right and you could hear David talking <laughs> on the left. <laughs> Smart it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It is. It is perhaps my most Glenn moment on. Yes, on, in I would say how many Glenny. years. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty uh, amazing. My... No, I feel for you though because so often <laughs> you'll does. be in the middle of of an episode where like fourteen people are talking and uh-huh. you're trying. You're just trying to find that little wedge yeah. and get in there to get to get your listen words to in. you <laughs> and no one ever shuts up <laughs> and no one ever makes a space for you. So you got to get in there and just crowbar your way into the people conversation. In the past are the worst. And, and literally that week is when I discovered the gallery view on Zoom, so I could see who was speaking when. And I've never had that problem again. Um, my my it's other too bad. It was pretty. It funny. is pretty funny. My other two favorite clips. Um, one I can't really mention, but I will say: become a member and go find the bootleg from episode five eighty two. We all have ridden buses, uh, so you can hear the story of my love for the cartoon Franklin uh, from oh, yes. Nick Junior. Hey, it's Franklin. Ah, That's right. There you go. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, please don't play it around uh, impressionable no, children. No, God, no. Uh, but my other, my other favorite clip uh, is from the Magnum podcast, which uh, has been a lovely descent into madness. I can't even tell you which episode it's from. They all bleed together in my head now. But it's mm-hmm. where... Uh, you know, one of one of the hallmarks of Magnum Podcast is that we introduce segments seemingly at random and without Indeed. without warning our our co-hosts. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so one day we're recording an episode and Phil goes, I would like to introduce a segment, a segment about another series by the creator of Magnum PI, Tales of the Gold Monkey. I call this segment Tales from Tales of the Gold Monkey. Take it away, David. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't skip a beat. I'm I'm very proud no. of myself. It was like, oh well, all right, yeah, I could I could do it. And and not only could I do it, it then became a recurring segment week after week. Yes. So yeah. uh that I can never remember whether it's Tales of, Tales from, or Tales from Tales that's of right. who can tell. And and I, I kind of lose it half the Nobody time too. Cares. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a fun podcast. So those... We do do we and Magnum PI, uh, Magnum Podcast, I should say, Magnum Comma Podcast. Yes. It's a fun little podcast. It really uh, is. I've only listened to the episode I was on, but it was a pretty good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was. Steve joined us to talk about Simon and Simon, not because uh, because there was a crossover with Magnum PI. You see, CBS wanted to. Anyway, uh, yeah. and, and, and Steve has not actually seen Simon and Simon or Magnum PI, but he lives in San Diego where Simon and Simon is set. So Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes to get on a podcast, folks. This is this is what Just you're paying in the for. right city. Yeah, Monty, how about you? My favorite episode, I think, would be five seven seven Robot Monster Truck Rally, which is about the mm. movie AI. Yeah, uh, Jason, Erica, Cicero, and I were on it. I thought we uh, I thought we did a good job discussing that movie. Agreed. I really yeah, I think so. Uh, also, uh, five, congratulations, six, everyone. <laughs> five six one lackeys don't wear khakis. About uh, yeah. beloved, there it uh, is. Kill and kill again. I finally forced people to watch it, and I got away with it. So I'm you pretty did. happy about that. That was <laughs> a good episode. That mad at me. Hot dog. Um, 
in the game show episodes, I really liked Ghost Court. I'm not saying any moments because the only moments I can think of are the things where I said something, and I think that's tacky to say, and here's something funny I said. But Lots of people are really good really in that episode. <laughs> yeah, Monty, the only, epi- the only moments I can remember are times when I said something funny, so I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Total yep. Party Kill, most of what was aired this year was recorded last year, which is a little complicated, except for the Tomb of Horrors episode which is brand new content and is fun. We went to the Tomb of Horrors and are so far not dead. Yeah, so far. And uh, I'm surprised David didn't make a bigger deal of this, but uh, Incomparable Radio Theater is back. My favorite episode of the ones that are back is 3.4, Galaxy Scouts colon Starcrossed, because that's one with me in it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you in this one? And uh, the next one also has you in it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And um, speaking of the Muppet pitch one, I just want to say I, earlier I should have mentioned I really liked Muppet Haunted Mansion on Disney+, Plus, particularly uh, the sconces in the stretching room that were Manamana holding two candles that were snouts. Oh, man. Mm, yeah, that was a nice touch. Pretty good. That was, that was really well done. That might be my favorite Muppet thing in recent years. Now, is there a preferred snout amongst the two candle snouts, Monty? Like one better than the other? Uh, I would say the left one. Hmm. Ah. Oh, I I believe I have a clip. And I'll finish off just by sharing my cast for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, Brad (laughs) is Scooter. Janet is Gonzo, which I can't really explain, except there's this one time in uh, Transylvanians where Brad says, we don't want to be any worry. And Janet says, right, in a weird way. And I like picturing Gonzo flying into the sea and going, right. Uh, Frank <laughs> is Kermit. Columbia is Pepe. Magenta is Janice because Riff Raff is Floyd. And I think those two work really well together. Dr. Scott is Dr. Honeydew. Eddie is Animal. And the Transylvanians will be Manamana and the Snouts, which gives me a good opportunity. <laughs> um, do you remember yes. in the year wrap-up, uh-huh. I explain this left snout joke I did I, a I little while ago. I do remember that. Yes! I want to I be do. clear, it's the audience is left, not Manamana and the snouts left. So when you're looking at them, the left snout is the one you see on the left. All right. So stage right, left snout. Thank you. Yes. And now, back to the best of 2021 <laughs> clip show. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably. We did it. <laughs> It's tr- look. I just segued into this hey, episode hey. from the past, people. I'm and- impressed. That's my that's my new favorite moment. <laughs> now, I, it get, it gave me so much pleasure to send that time code to yep. Jason and have him discover that he had forgotten, <laughs> had forgotten that he had traveled <laughs> forward that. in time. Thank you, Moises. Which is uh, the most Glenn now, thing you've done now, this year. Now, Monty, some people might not understand the context here, though. So, fortunately, I have a clip for that. <laughs> I am picking. Me explaining my left snouth joke after Moises picked episode 515 in the Muppet Draft as his favorite episode of last year. Because what do you use to stop a reference? An explanation. <laughs> that is a great pick, Moises. And it gives me the opportunity to clarify something because I'm just going to tag up on this because I was going to pick that. Boom. Um, in the Bring Out Your Dead round, one of my picks was Left Snouth, and I don't think anybody got it. Uh, I totally did. I totally Jason, got it. Yeah. Please play the clip that I provided. Yes, I can. Uh, thank you. I have re- prepared a short list of Bring Out Your Dead. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bimbo, that's the little man who lives inside Fozzie's Finger in Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, left Snouth, <laughs> which I think is a very funny thing to say. 
the ghost of Christmas future in Muppet Christmas Carol, <gasps> heck of a Muppet. There's so one banana Muppet I always love seeing. He's hilarious. Polly the Lobster from Muppet Treasure Island is fantastic. And finally, shout out to the Muppet I own that I got at FAO Schwartz. It's an official Muppet. So uh, just for the record, the Snouts, uh, spelled with a W, are the two backup singers for Manamana and the Snouts. They're the ones that go, do-do-do-do-do. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be funny to pick just one of them. And I chose the left one as a reference to the famous Super Bowl halftime left show shark. meme, Left, left shark. shark. I think it's a very yeah. good set of references, but I don't think it got the attention it did at the time. And also, this gives me the opportunity to clarify something. Uh, earlier <laughs> in that clip, I used the phrase famous Super Bowl halftime show meme left shark, but that doesn't scan very well, I don't think. Well, I've said it out loud. And also, it doesn't really explain it to anybody that doesn't remember the incident. So really quick, just so everybody has the context for left snouth, uh-huh. when Katy Perry did the Super Bowl halftime show, she had two backup dancers just kind of like sharks, and everyone agreed that the one on the left was kind of flailing around, and left sure, shark became sure. kind of a meme. So that's where left snouth came from in the Muppet draft. I just wanted to make that clear because I do think it's a really good joke, and eventually everyone will agree with me. I regret everything. <laughs> Me too. You, you know, you know that thing where where words stop meaning things, like the words <laughs> yeah. context, yeah. left, so, so just snout, clear, and shark snout. mean. Are there two snouts? I don't even think there are. I think there's so, only a left one. So, so just to be clear, Monty thinks it's tacky to point out something that he thought was funny that he said months ago, but he has no problem at all saying something is funny that he said seconds ago. Just, just that's just right. To be clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. It tracks. You it tracks. Draw You're a very complex somewhere. man, Monty Remember that explanation about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah. It was great. That was good. Great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Monty. Wow. So now you, now you know some of my pain. I hope you enjoy yourself. <laughs> no, we're, we're, this snout clip loop thing, it's happening, maybe. Um, we need somebody to fight Skeletor. Who knew it would be left snout? Left snout, but it may be. Jesus fan Christ. art, by the way. Fan <laughs> art. <laughs> I have, a, I have a quick, I have a very quick and important question, Uh-oh. Dan. Did you see that coming? Oh no, uh, I I've seen nothing for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you may not even be here. Oh uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, talented artists out there. It's time to draw Left Snouth battling Skeletor. Uh, Skeletor, yeah. Just Skeletor inside Left Snouth's mouth. I don't even know and how it'll be. Left or is it Left Snouth's snouth? I I don't know. And, snouth and mouth was my favorite incidental Happy Days character. By and, the way, and bonus points if you have me talking over the the two of them fighting. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, Moises, it's time for your favorites. Okay, uh, so I, one of the things that I uh, that I noticed in putting together my yarn wall of insanity, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what I was going to pick this year, is that this year, uh, you know, for me personally, re-listening to a bunch of incomparable stuff was a comfort. Uh, it's been a, a tough year uh, for me in a number of respects, uh, and for a lot of us out there. And uh, and as 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 Chip finds comfort in the monster serials, I find my comfort in the Zeppelin. Um, and Jason, I noticed a weird trend that. On this show? The, no. On this show, we had a number of different trilogies. We had a trilogy of Miyazaki episodes. We did. Ponyo, Porco Rosso, and the rap episode. We had a, tr- a trio within the seven Spielberg episodes of Bad Dad episodes. The aforementioned You're Going to S- Your Sisters, I'm Going to Space, and then Bad Dad, Crane Dad, Bad Dad, Cell Phone Dad. Yep. We had a, three MCU <laughs> TV episodes, three MCU movie episodes, three book club episodes, three old movie club episodes, three We've Been Meaning to Get to Them episodes about Star Trek six kill and kill again and freaks and geeks uh, a trio of uh, uh episodes about ongoing tv shows a trio of not so old movie club episodes and a trio of drafts 
Uh, and I, I could pick any of the amazing episodes uh, spread across this panoply of different options. Unfortunately, uh, uh, through a bunch of bending and literal breaking of rules, uh, loads and loads of them have already been selected mm. or at least mentioned. Um, but I have one place that I can still call home. Um, and that is the summer of man thing. Yes. Episode 567. Uh, our, our suggested by uh, Lisa Schmeiser going, I have a weird idea. And then that weird idea resulting in Jason setting up a spreadsheet to which he says, everybody contribute uh, comic books and auteurs uh, that we would pair the auteurs to, uh, to, to create a new movie. Um, and that day, I think I spent about four and a half hours vomiting all kinds yeah, of stuff that, into that, that spreadsheet. That spreadsheet got real big real fast and it was because of you. So <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, I'm sorry. Um and one of one of my favorite recurring things on the incomparable as you know we have series within series and series of series across the year uh is that we just we just cannot get away from Werner Herzog. No, we can't. And uh and I, I one of the best pitches in that auteur comic book movie pitch session was for Werner Herzog's Plastic Man. Do we have a clip? We do have a clip, and also uh, listener Min also suggested this moment. Here it is. Werner Herzog's Plastic Man. Yes! Yes! Oh, my gosh! (laughs) I would like to see how you stretch. When I think of Plastic Man, there's only one man that I can think of. And that is the soul of ridiculous absurdity. Just just the man is made of plastic and stretches, so we too are stretched by a cruel reality. If you visit the caves, you will find ancient drawings of a plastic-shaped man showing that from the beginning of time, humanity has felt stretched by its circumstance. I tried to shoot Plastic Man. We always distort ourselves for the approval of others. The Plastic (laughs) Baby from the 1980s cartoon is particularly horrifying. I listened to the tape of the man devoured by sentient plastic, and I was horrified, but I listened to the whole thing. You must destroy this tape, but not until I'm done listening to the whole thing. Because I must know the most horrifying thing that could ever happen to a man, that he is devoured by polystyrene. (laughs) Just mention Werner Herzog and all the... That was like six different Werner Herzog impressions there. Mm-hmm. We just, all yeah, of them. Fantastic. <laughs> They're all they amazing. All it, it, is, <laughs> it is what you call a Werner of Herzogs. Um, some other uh, moments and and things from across the year. I, I want to jump over to the Agents of Smooch podcast as the uh, representative undersecretary of uh, 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 representative references. Uh, one of the uh, most wonderful times that I had podcasting all year was on our uh, Make It Up As We Go Along movie pitch. Uh, that is called <laughs> episode 50 international waters where we find our way to uh, what ends up being not exactly the worst pitch for a movie uh, w- w- with, with an episode premise that we thought was going to go way off the rails and maybe wasn't going to work, but it was, it was a delightful exercise in improv. Um, another favorite was just a few episodes later, uh, middle age Nirvana episode 54 um, where we all realized that the world has not 
appreciated Jamie Dornan enough because that stupid Fifty Shades movie uh, made people not appreciate him. And and the way for people to come around on Jamie Dornan is to watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which I think is officially the Agents of Smooch movie of the year. Uh, we did an episode about both Mamma Mia movies uh, that just uh, w- was filled with moments upon moments of just enjoying things that we really enjoy. Um, and uh, <laughs> inspired by Kilmus, um, we created October, uh, which was a pair of episodes dedicated to Tom Hiddleston movies, uh, Only Lovers Left Alive and Crimson Peak. Um, both wonderful movies and uh, both episodes featuring um, newer panelists or panelists who've, who've never done Agents of Smooch before. Uh, but that that show has been uh, full of a bunch of, of lovely memories. Um, and Jason, I, I, I think I've got a couple of clips here that that have not been mentioned yet, but but do appear on episodes uh, that have been discussed already. Uh, we mentioned lackeys don't wear khakis. True. But we didn't mention the up-and-coming stand-up comedian of the decade uh, uh, who who has probably the tightest of tight fives on t-shirts that anybody has <laughs> oh heard. yes tight oh, yes. or otherwise here it is this is gonna be my tight five about t-shirts is everybody ready right. <laughs> okay get it okay hey everybody welcome back to the incomparable room up next <laughs> is a is a real big timer on the rise he's coming all the way up from uh, uh arizona san diego I, I don't know some somewhere on the west coast let's welcome everybody hey jason snow hey everybody right. it's great to be here this is operation tight five <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst group name i've ever heard i am out who's of this seen game. kill and kill again anyway there's a scene in kill and kill again where they go into the arena and there's a majestic panning shot that shows risers have been set up and everybody in the town is there to watch the ultimate five on five there's the, there's the top level but then we're going to have the undercard where four other friends of steve chase are going to fight randomly selected elite lackeys in order to make it more entertaining and we're going to pan across the whole arena and see everybody in town however there's a problem, which is we don't have enough T-shirts for all the lackeys. So oh, what no. we're going to do is we're going to put some lackeys in the very first part of the shot. You're just going to be, oh, shirtless. And we're going to just, the audience is going to imagine that maybe there's like a shirts versus skins thing yeah, going go. on or something. But in truth, we just have run out of blue T-shirts. We only have the 50 blue T-shirts. So we're going to just pan away and we're never going to see the shirtless people again. You're going to ask yourself... Director, why didn't you shoot with a couple of shots so you could like have the people in the blue t-shirts over there and then move them to the other side and it would seem like it's all it's like no that's too much work the skins over here shirts over there that's right they just had a rousing match of don't steal the bacon yeah. in that uh, arena so and we're down to 49 t-shirts because of the hilarious sight gag of ken being too big for a t-shirt too big for a t-shirt yeah yeah that's true we lost that shirt and we never get that back and that's one more person who has to be on the skins for this shot a smarter director might have filmed that scene last but not this one <laughs> nope, not gonna happen so anyway what we will pan over the audience and we'll see those people who are shirtless and then uh, we'll never see them again because we are embarrassed that we only have 50 t-shirts. So anyway, uh, thank th- that's that's my bit about the Kill and Kill Again Operation <laughs> Stand-Up. Goodbye! Woo! Let's hear it, everybody, for Jason. Please tip your server. <laughs> and if you didn't do the two-drink minimum, we're going to have to throw you uh, into a mind-control cult. Is Jason the closer of this show? Yeah, Jason. I mean, Jason closed real strong. Not just they're, they're, they they didn't have enough shirts, people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> God, I'm glad I wasn't there for the earlier comics. <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> they really didn't have enough shirts. He's right. I uh, I love Monty's. Monty's just, just <laughs> cut to the chase there. Wait a second. <laughs> Jason's finishing this up in this scenario. <laughs> this no, I'm is... in now. It took a while for me to really get it. You know. Uh, yeah. A, a couple <laughs> other moments. Uh, one of them, I, I don't think. I don't think we necessarily have a clip for. We we mentioned the uh, the Muppet movie draft. Uh, I I enjoyed the multiple moments. Uh, all it took was the mention of one name, Walter. Uh, for oh, a variety of us to have very strong opinions <laughs> about about a Muppet that apparently other members of the panel didn't have as strong of opinions about, uh, where we just went, we cut straight to the chase. He's we, the Cyclops yeah, of the Walter, Muppets, okay? Walter should be killed. Walter should be killed, and nobody would miss him, and it's like, what's wrong with Walter? Walter's okay. And that, what do you mean, what's wrong with Walter? <laughs> Everything's wrong with Walter. It, I, I think we had stronger feelings about that than nuclear disarmament. People have feelings. Um, uh, and, uh, let's see, I think, I think I might have, oh, oh, uh, from a very recent episode, episode 594, Money in His Underwear, uh, where we, we celebrated once again, the greatest tradition of all, the reason for the season, and that is Kilmus. Yes. Um, where I, in, in what I believe to be, uh, the anthem that we all sing in our hearts, uh, as to how done with just everything we are at a certain point. Aline just her, her mind gives out <laughs> searching for the word that she's looking for. And she creates a new term for something that I'm going to use forevermore, not in mocking of my friend, but in, in appreciation for, for the fact that sometimes, uh, sometimes the word just doesn't come to you. And so you must create a new term for a place. When they were in the, um, drink in the wine drinky place the cafe or whatever and and he was like romancing her justin was like i'm taking Aline, notes I'm, <laughs> Aline, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but after watching this movie i too need to go to a wine drinky place <laughs> accidental brilliance is what that is a wine drinky place but wine drinky brings place. out the best in all of us I it find. does it's a it coma's really miracle That's god kill us <laughs> everyone yep it really does. <sighs> Is that almost us? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think right. that's it. I, I mean, I mean, I, I think I think I'm going to end on that rather than going back to that's the good. the clip of of you uh, questioning whether nightmare really existed. Yeah, I want to. I want to go to. I want to go to dog heaven. Um, I uh, had a few favorites from this year. Most of them have been mentioned. Um, including the Freaks and Geeks episode, which is definitely um, really The Abyss is the only episode now that I really want to do, but I refuse to do. I refused to do the Freaks and Geeks episode for years because it wasn't available anywhere. And it finally went on Hulu. We did the episode. The Abyss uh, has not had a uh, a high quality re-release. I think it's not had an HD even re-release. I think it's its last release was Blu-ray. James Cameron keeps claiming it's coming. But well, he's got too busy so many avatars Avatar to get to before that happens. You can watch it on stars. Yeah, but it's not even the right it's not the right yeah, one. It's so, not the right one. Uh, yeah, there is a there is an HD version that's only been put on cable that is not the special edition. And at this point I just want the beauty beautiful restoration 4K HDR, whatever. And then we'll do that episode. Anyway, if I had to pick one episode, I might pick episode 552. This was the year that we completed Miyazaki Club, or as John Syracuse would point out, until he releases his next movie, because he's totally <laughs> retired, except for he's got another movie coming out. Uh, but the episode we did, uh, 552, is Oh No, My Elixirs, which is the Ponyo episode. Ponyo loves him! Ponyo is just such a weird movie, and I remember seeing it the first time and thinking, I don't like this movie. It's very, it's very weird. 
weird. And I, I, I went into the rewatch with that in my mind. And then I watched Ponyo and I was like, I love this movie. It's so weird. <laughs> so I came right around on Ponyo. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed that we did the uh, kind of 562, the wrap up episode where we sort of surveyed Miyazaki as a whole, having watched all of the movies that he's directed. So that was a, a, a conclusion of that journey. And I really, uh, I really appreciated uh, taking it with, uh, with everybody who participated in that. So that the was a journey set into motion by you and John Syracuse sitting down to discuss the entirety of the Miyazaki canon. <laughs> in one episode. Just and frankly, to... <laughs> you got it all done there. We didn't have to do any yeah. more of those episodes. I, and I had only seen like four of them at that point. So yeah, eh, that was good a really enough. good, yeah, you know. Uh, the, I also want to mention, uh, we did the White Sparrow uh, special Total Party Kill season this year, uh, which was actually a pandemic project last year that kind of came to fruition and was released this year. That was a lot of fun. A lot of different people. There was more than 20 people and more than two dozen characters who participated in that kind of shared universe. So they kind of all crossed over with one another. I At the end, I got to play a character who was the sister of uh, an NPC. Again, the NPCs who we, we had met NPCs. like two or three stories before and built up a whole intricate, ridiculous thing about a bunch of lizard people taking over a fortress and turning it into a school. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I love that stuff. So that I can't was a decide lot whether we love our NPCs or our listeners more. I can't. I, probably mm-hmm. the NPCs, honestly. It could be a tie. If I had thought about it, I would have probably picked Jonathan Mann's masterful theme song to the White Sparrow Saga it's true. as one of my favorite <gasps> yeah. moments. Well, that you're was... really asking whether we love our listeners or Tony more. Does that help narrow it down? Yeah, it's our <laughs> listeners for sure. <laughs> also, I sat on that um, Jonathan Mann's theme song for like, six months before anybody outside of our little small group heard it because yeah, I commissioned that last year and then we didn't do, release those episodes until this year it was uh, but we did and, and I built the little animated intro Animation. and all that it was a lot of fun I love the little so that I beam and, out and, and, and Kathy Campbell drew all of those characters little doodles that we put oh, in the animation they're the it was, best that was a lot of fun the best um, I do have a few clips from uh, submitted by listeners that have not come up yet uh, a few quick ones that are not on the mothership, but that were fun, and I wanted to uh, cite them. Uh, listener Adrian uh, wrote in with this clip from Total Party Kill. Uh, this is uh, Adrian felt a deep connection with James Thompson and his description of the life of uh, a programmer. I, I could probably build an abacus in twenty four hours. All right, and so you do. You wake up the next day un- unrested because you spent all night building an abacus. <laughs> Story, story of my life. Okay. Oh no, too real. Oh. Uh, too real. <laughs> Sleepless nights building an abacus. Um, listener Simon sent in this clip from Total Party Kill 310 in which we invent fun nicknames for Tony. Yeah, Grin the Goblin was always kind of reductive, right? Yeah. It's like Tony the Human. Yeah, it's not a good nickname. It's not the way Tony. Tony the Tentos, though. Tento Tony. Tento Tony is a good name. I'm indifferent to it. Uh, (laughs) You'll get used to it. (laughs) Well, this is my life now. Uh, What what can you do? Old Tento Tony. <laughs> How could I have forgotten what, Tento Tony? What, he, what will he do next? Um, and a really quick clip from Friendly Competition, which is Lex Friedman's uh, pretty wacky game show that I like a lot. Um, this is a moment where Lex gave up. Dan, this is where we see. I, this I'm is the worst. I'm a man Lex. of my word. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> the worst. <laughs> He had to you, you broke walk Lex. away and laugh. Yeah. 
<laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> That's pretty clear, Lexus. I don't even. I don't even <laughs> remember what that was in reference to. I don't but. know. I don't know, but listener Mahir liked it, and I like it too. That that show is a delight, but it is okay. holy god, it is it's terrible. a twisted delight. When it, when a game show host gives up is a special moment. Yes. I think one that I'm far <laughs> too been familiar there. with. Yep, that's really the only way to win one of our gamer shows. I've been there. <laughs> Another clip from uh, last year's clip show. This is... Uh, oh, oh, no. The, That's oh, dangerous. The, oh, the optimism oh. that we felt. Oh. This is from Listener Min. Well, 2021 is going to be different. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. What are the, what are the odds, guys? What are the odds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was different. I didn't see that coming. It was That's, different. That's funny. Uh, it was uh, different. <laughs> All right, two more clips, and then we will be done. This is a great... Oh, thank God. A, I mean, legitimately, a legitimately great moment in episode 570, sent in by listener Jim, in which we discuss the contentious financial relationship between Disney and the Muppets, and Phil explains it better than anyone. Uh, frog, frog, you haven't been earning lately. And, uh, uh, Mickey, Mickey wants to wet his beak. Uh. Gosh, Mickey, you want me to kill him? Mess him up, Goofy. Break his knees. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I about forgot right. about Mickey needs to wet, wet his beak. That is a great Woo-hoo. line. Yep. Phil's never yep. going to be employed by Disney now. <laughs> and, and I am never going to play Goofy. Nope. And finally, Lister Min went above and beyond. Of course, I love it when listeners send in clips. Lister Min created a oh. supercut. Oh, listener no. men. Oh, listener yeah. men again. Listener a supercut from episode 561, Lackeys Don't Wear Khakis, in which we watched Kill and Kill Again, which features, of course, a character named Hot Dog. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed his name so much. I, I actually made a replica of Hot Dog's t-shirt. I sent one to Monty <laughs> and paid for one myself. And uh, I wear it with pride. Uh, people don't understand it. I don't care. I understand it perfectly. Anyway, listener men also enjoyed uh, our enjoyment of the name Hot Dog and made this super cut we're gonna talk about hot dog a lot hot dog 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 says hot dog 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 signature cigar move it's, it's like the end of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and having flashbacks. Talk about a word losing literally, all Literally, I need you to know, is literally oh holding God. my hands against my headphones, screaming <laughs> silently. A lot of those were the tone of, like, hot the dog. thing about hot dog. Yeah. Like, we're trying to get our heads around hot dog. Yeah. Or after a pregnant pause of, so... Then hot dog. There's does definitely a, thing. a clip in there where you, where the pause is still in there because I was trying to explain hot dog and I went hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a sequence, there's a sequence where you're discussing your concern for hot dog during his brief fight scene in the <laughs> the, the arena at the end, yes. and you're really worked up there. It's got that sort of uh, fireman Bill Jim Carrey feel to where you're going hot dog, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> That's a particularly good set. Yep. <laughs> That was a good episode. Wow. Listener Hot Men, uh, well done, above and beyond. Nicely yes. done, Listener Men. The call uh, to to make to feed all of our our episode into into a. Uh, an editing app and pull out the hot dogs, but it's amazing. So well done, above and beyond. Pull out the hot star. dogs. There's That's your title, right. folks. And, and that 
everybody wraps up this first episode of 2022 hmm. of the incomparable true. Well, it's a great start it's a start it's a start and well again i didn't like it when we did so well last year at the start so maybe we're t- going to take it under a little bit i don't know <laughs> so just a uh, a note about the incomparable beginning in 2022 i'm going to change how it is scheduled by default i'm actually only going to schedule an episode every other week this is largely due to the burden of homework on me. I have to consume a book or books or movie or movies or giant TV series on a weekly basis. I've been on this pace for 11 years, 570 episodes, and I've kind of exhausted all the ways that I used to cheat by dealing with stuff I'd already read or seen. Um, and in the last year, the amount of homework required for the weekly schedule has just become too much. So I'm going to dial it back to every other week with a caveat. There are going to be times in the weekly schedule where uh, it's super easy to schedule. A lot of TV shows are finishing their season, and I want to talk about them. So there'll be times when I schedule the in-between weeks. Um, we're also going to have some guest hosts who are going to fill some of those in-between weeks, but it's not going to be a full uh, 52 episodes of The Incomparable in 2022. My guess is that I'll probably do about 30, and then there will be some extra episodes from from uh, guest hosts among our uh, panel. Um, so, uh, that's basically how it's going to go. So you will see me as the host for fewer episodes. We may have fewer episodes overall, but in general, I think it's going to be good because I can't, uh, despite the people who write in, uh, on an ongoing basis and say, it would be great if you did this podcast about this, uh, seven book series or this 10 episode season of a TV show you've never seen. That's, it, it's kind of hard to do that every week and I'm on every episode. So that makes it even harder. So anyway, um, that's, what's going to go on, uh, guarantee every other week. And then, you know, there'll be more than that. So that's, that's my story. So you're telling me that when I finish it, I can do a covert affairs episode. Yeah, Erica, you just go. you know, <laughs> let me know that you're let me know you're doing it, and you you program a paddle. You got it. Yes. Ho- holy shit, Jason! You've you've exhausted all of the things you've already read and seen. That's uh, true. As as options, you realize what you've done. What have I done? You've you've caught up on stuff. <gasps> what? <gasps> you've caught up on no. Stuff. no. <laughs> Jason has become the truly incomparable singularity. Wow. I didn't even think it was possible. This this gives me the aspiration to continue. Yeah, all of my cheating is, you know, those clever. First off, it was the clever episodes that was like all of something that I'd already done. Like all of the Miyazaki movies, many of which I hadn't (laughs) even seen. But now uh, that it is was a yeah, mix up. Yeah, I, I will tell you. Yeah, yeah. After eleven years of fifty-two episodes a year, where you have to watch a movie or read a book or watch a whole TV show, um, I, I, I can't. I don't have it in me to do that for every week. I just can't fair. do it. So, so eminently fair. I'm going to cut back a little bit, restore some. Sanity. So you said you want to do things for fun, as opposed to for homework it's true i also i I, the flip side of this is sometimes it's really enjoyable to watch something or read something and not do a podcast about it oh i I don't know about that take any notes Mm -hmm. and it was glorious it's pretty nice (laughs) it's pretty nice so anyway we've got some stuff planned uh moises and kathy are working on a wheel of time season one episode uh that should be here soon it'll have already been recorded yes indeed yes and uh in fact it may be next week's episode (gasps) oh oh (laughs) And uh, Cicero is working on an episode, and there's a couple other ones that uh, other people are, Tiff and Glenn and and David and Kelly are working on uh, episodes too. So um, who knows? Maybe there'll be an incomparable every week, but I won't be the host of, of half of them probably, and that's okay. Uh, anyway, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, uh, dear panelists. 
Um, and uh, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. Thank you again to the the top eight panelists. Mm. <laughs> Moises, David, Erica, Monty, Dan, Jean, Aline, who is not here, and Steve. And, and also Steve James, was also present. Who is tied with Steve, but is asleep. And uh, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next time with another episode of The Incomparable. Goodbye. Well, that was great. <laughs> hot dog. 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 Hot dog.